Hi, my name's Kat. I'm a comic artist and writer um, based in London, UK. In 2018, I had a graphic novel out with Avery Hill Publishing called Follow Me In, uh, which told the story of a trip I made around Mexico and Central America when I was about 25. And the trip I actually took, it was back in 2003 that I started this trip. It lasted nine months. Um, the first six months of the trip were around, um, travelled around the whole of Mexico. And then the final three months of the trip, uh, I travelled crossing the Mexico border at Belize, all the way down to Panama City, through the whole of Central America. And my editor and I on the book decided not to cover the second part of the trip, the Central America part of the trip in the story. We thought it was kind of neater to just stick to the Mexico part. Um, but since the book's come out, a few people have commented to me that they're kind of intrigued to find out what happened next. And I don't at the moment have any specific plans to make that into comic stories um, I have a, a zine called Cat Zine, which there are eight issues of, and I've told some stories from that second half of that Central America trip in those uh, zines, very short little comics telling just uh, snapshots of some of the things I did. But it suddenly occurred to me that I do have my journals um, from the trips, which I used when I was making the book Follow Me In. And it suddenly occurred to me I could do a kind of podcast where I read the journals of the second part of the trip, the Central America part, um, which for anyone that had read the book might be kind of interesting to find out what happened next um, or for people that are just interested in that part of the world or in travel. And actually for quite a long time, for quite a few years, I had thought that one of my journals was missing and it was the main one that covered the Central America part of the trip. I've got four little notebooks, A5 notebooks. Um, I took one with me when I left on the trip um, and I quickly filled that um, just writing down kind of every few days, I would write down everything that we'd been doing so that I could remember later, which thank goodness I did that because there was a huge gap between this trip in 2004 when I got back to London and when I made my book 2018. So thank goodness I did have this written journal. But um, yeah, on the course of the journey, I would go into um, papelerias in Mexico and Central America where they like stationary shops and buy kind of children's exercise books, which I use to continue my journals. And I've got four of those. They're kind of nice. They're all kind of uh, ratty and kind of torn up. And they've got, as well as my journals, they've got little doodles and sketches and also my Spanish language kind of written practice in them as well. So they're kind of um, chaotic, but quite nice to look at for me to remember. And yeah, as I was saying, the one that um, covered the majority of this Central America trip I hadn't been able to find for a couple of years and it had been in the back of my mind that it wasn't with the others and I had that kind of horrible sinking feeling of the fact that it's kind of a you know a written journal like that is a quite irreplaceable thing um, I don't have it copied anywhere and I was feeling a bit sad that I'm that it had potentially gone missing and when the idea of making this kind of podcast occurred to me I, I thought well maybe I'll just have a look I wasn't very hopeful at all but I thought I'll have a look on my bookshelves and see if I can find anything. And literally within five seconds, I'd, I'd put my hands on the missing notebook. So I was really excited about that. And it kind of made me feel like I should definitely do this um, podcast. So my plan is to start reading these journals from the point where we crossed from Mexico into Belize, which is the exact point that my graphic novel ends. Um, I'm also a little embarrassed to kind of read these out because they were written, as I said, when I was 25. Um, <laughs> my memories of these journals um, 
are that I'm quite sort of crotchety at times and, you know, um, putting all my frustrations of uh, traveling into them. Um, so there might be points where I'm kind of reading it and I'm embarrassed at myself, my 25 year old self. And also it's not good writing. Like These weren't written to be, uh, you know, quality writing. They're just literally documenting things. So it's, I'm a bit embarrassed that I'm not reading like, my best writing out. But at the same time, one aspect is going to be really fun for me, which is that I haven't read this because it's been missing for so long. I haven't read this for years and years and years. And I have no idea what's what's in this journal um I kind of remember the the Central America part of this trip I I remember the broad strokes of it I remember the kind of general order of the places I went to but there are also places that I'm sure I've completely forgotten about there are places where I I know I went to this town but I could not tell you what I did there or how I got there um there's a lot of it over the last I don't know, 15 years or so, that, that's just, I don't remember. So I'm already feeling really excited about reading this and kind of remembering stuff. So um, <clears throat> as I go, I may well kind of comment on the content of this journal. Um, I probably laugh at my younger self a little bit. And also it's just going to be really nice for me to relive some of this stuff that I'm, I'm sure I've forgotten absolutely loads. And I'll also kind of chip in if there's any other memories that come up as I'm reading. Oh, just I should probably do a tiny bit of background for anyone that hasn't read my book. Um, I did this trip with um, an ex-partner of mine, my boyfriend Richard at the time. So that's the other main character that you'll hear about in the story. It might also be interesting for anyone that's read the graphic novel to be able to see um, some of the changes I made to the timeline of this stuff um, to make it into a more interesting story. For example, there's a character that will come in quite early in this reading, Martin, who's a, a Dutchman that we met um, in the course of this trip. We actually met him at this point when we crossed from Mexico to Belize. But because I kind of felt like it would be interesting to have him as a character in my book, I moved the fact of us meeting him much earlier into the narrative. So we actually, in my book, I think we meet him in Oaxaca in Mexico. Um, and my editor and I just thought it would be kind of interesting. It was kind of a waste to introduce this new character right at the end of the book. So we actually kind of introduced him earlier and had him sort of cropping up sometimes throughout the book. So that's one uh, major difference in the timeline between what I'll be reading and my graphic novel. So here we go. This is after six months of travelling around Mexico, finally reaching a new country, Belize. To get to Belize, we had to travel from Tulum to Chetamal, but before we left Tulum, we had one more problem to deal with. Our plan had been to take a bus at 5am and therefore have a really early night in our hostel. However, the hostel had decided to host a live reggae gig until 2am with the stage right outside our bedroom door. For people with no plans the next day, this might not have been a problem, but still, we felt we had the right to ask for our money back considering that a hostel is by definition a place people are supposed to go to sleep. We also felt we could have been warned when we arrived in the morning and paid for our bed. As we anticipated, the first guy we asked said no to the refund, but when we asked for the manager, he came quickly and was incredibly apologetic. He gave us a full refund and directed us down the road to some cabanas, which he said were the same price as his dormitory beds. They were actually a bit cheaper. The cabin was very new and clean and very quiet, so we got our early night and then caught our bus at 5am. At Chetamal bus terminal, we met Martin, a Dutch guy who was also heading for Key Corker. It was good to have someone to chat to and it made the inter interminable journey go much quicker than it would have done otherwise. 
All went well at the border crossing, except that Martin's walking stick was confiscated on the grounds that it was part of a plant and could be harbouring life forms that could be a threat to Belize's ecosystem. He had just finished telling us that he believed everywhere in the world there was a special stick waiting for each person and that he had just found his. <laughs> this really was quite quite funny not for Martin but he had been talking to us for quite some time about his perfect stick that he'd found hiking and how he loved it (laughs) and um and uh it was quite funny to see him get taken into this kind of little shed at the border and then emerge five minutes later without his stick looking very sad Belize was very different to Mexico flat like the Yucatan and most buildings made of wooden planks everywhere were vast tracts of open space grass or woods Signs seemed to be in a mixture of English and Spanish. Belize City was incredibly busy, incredibly ramshackle. Buildings were crammed in together, made of corrugated metal chipboard and planks. Many were on stilts because of flooding and everything was a lot smaller than I expected. The famous swing bridge was a tiny thing, only wide enough for one lane of traffic to cross. It was very strange to see the Queen on the money and to see things like Lloyd's Bank and Court's Furniture Shop. <laughs> I actually don't remember Court's. I don't know. I don't think that exists in the UK anymore, but it was obviously something I recognised back then. Belize, for um, anyone that doesn't know about it, is a small Central American country. It was at one time a British colony. Um, I think it gained independence in the 80s. Um, I think Spain and Britain fought over it at one stage, but for a long time it was a British colony and um, there's still a lot of traces of that remaining, the, the money and things like that. We popped to the bank and then to the Embarcadero for boats to Key Corca. The taxi driver ripped us off a bit, but this was nothing new. When it was time for the boat to the island, everything was a bit chaotic. Martin got separated from us and was sent on ahead in the first boat while we waited for the second with people shoving in front of us in the queue all the time. Eventually we were on our way, passing numerous inhabited and uninhabited islands, mostly covered in mangrove. After an hour speeding over the water, during which time we all got very cold, we arrived at Kikorka. There were a lot of palm trees and a lot of wooden piers jutting out into the water. The north end of the island was more built up than I expected, filled with restaurants, bars, shops and diving and snorkelling trip offices. But everything was very small scale, all the roads were made of sand, and although it was touristy, it had a good relaxed atmosphere. And there were no cars on the island, just bicycles and golf carts. As we wandered through the streets, Martin came to find us and took us to a hostel where he was already staying. There was a big guy there called Charles who cooked for the guests every night, and although his meals weren't all that cheap, they were still cheaper than many of the wildly overpriced restaurants on the island. Belize was incredibly expensive but still was an interesting place to consider investing in, as Cyrus, another long-term guest at the hostel, had done. He was an English tree surgeon, a bit of a drifter, and it had a hard life, but he was very grounded, nice, and had a lot of interesting ideas. Richard and I spent a good evening talking with him about physical and spiritual health, trees, animals, and strategies for living in England without paying extortionate rent. He had bought some land on the undeveloped, far north end of Keycorka, feeling that it was a place he could settle in for the rest of his life. The day after we arrived was Richard's birthday, and we began the day with a coffee at the Reggae Bar Herbal Tribe. There we met a guy called Lyrical King, a Garifuna... I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Garifuna people uh, you find in Belize, they're mixed African and indigenous, originally from the Caribbean, who um, settled in parts of Central America... Um, and they speak a, a particular dialect. So yes, we met Lyrical King. Um, he was a dub poet and singer who sat with us and sang Richard a birthday song on his guitar. 
There was also another quite famous musician called Grandmaster Lee who was playing his new CD in the bar and singing along to it. His performance was pretty good and Lyrical King was delighted with him. We also met a German girl with a Spanish-speaking boyfriend who made jewellery out of coconut wood with tiny animals and other symbols cut into them. She was so nice we decided to buy a necklace each and view Richard's at least as his birthday present. We spent a very mellow day hanging around with various local people and drinking the odd Bellican beer. Richard and Martin had a late and fairly mad night, but I went to bed early-ish. Most of the rest of the time at Kikorka was spent lazily, wandering around the south part of the island where there was a small nature reserve and an airstrip. At the airstrip was an odd-looking biplane with a tail fin saying Alaska and a label on its side saying Lithuania. This part of the island much more approximated how I had expected the island to be. A few waterside wooden structures, but fairly empty otherwise, and in places it was possible to see the sea on both sides. There were tangled mangroves at the edges and more of the ubiquitous palm trees. Due to the expense of the island, we decided to limit ourselves to only one excursion while we were there, and I gave up my desire to see the manatees in favour of snorkelling. Thinking back on this now, later, I did kind of regret this decision. I remember some people in the hostel saying... Ah, uh, you can you can see manatees anywhere. Maybe because they were from Florida or somewhere like that, they were kind of like, oh, you can see manatees anywhere. But obviously, as someone that lives in the UK, that's not really true. Um, so yeah, it was between a manatee trip and a snorkeling trip. The snorkeling trip was still pretty incredible, but I do regret that I didn't see manatees when I had the chance. So I gave up my desire to see the manatees in favour of snorkeling, as we were by a coral reef, which was something I'd never seen before. But the day we wanted to go was cloudy and very windy, not good for visibility or warmth in the water, so we waited. The next day wasn't much better, but we couldn't afford to wait anymore, so we just went. I had a quick practice in the morning with Cyrus's snorkel down at the split. I think that was, that's like a little channel in the island where you could kind of, it was very shallow and you could see fish. Even there, there were some small but colourful and weird fish, like the eel fish, which looks like a straightened out seahorse. Our first stop on the half day snorkeling trip was a fairly deep bit of reef, which was quite choppy due to the wind. It wasn't an easy introduction for me, as I don't swim that often and got very tired very quickly trying to fight currents and stay away from the coral. I also had no experience with flippers, and far from making me feel more powerful in the water like Richard said they would, they actually added to my initial problems as I felt clumsy wearing them, and the extra pressure on my ankles was a bit painful. It was quite alarming trying to get used to the breathing through a snorkel while also struggling with my feet and the choppy waves. Initially a lot of water was getting into my mouth and I found I had to bite down quite hard on the mouthpiece to prevent this which made my jaw ache. But all this was worth it for the pleasure of being able to swim about and see the reef all around me. As I learnt to relax and breathe regularly I started to enjoy the coral which I'd never seen before and the colours of the fish. It was a great feeling to drift and just watch what was passing around you. But the current sometimes pushed us right into the coral and it was impossible not to hit it with your flippers or hands. After a while, we all swam back to the boat and we moved on to Shark and Ray Alley. I'd been nervous about this and when the guide shouted that he could already see a few sharks in the water and there were dark shapes gliding past, I was still pretty nervous. But when we stopped in the very shallow alley, my fears were pretty much dispelled. The nurse sharks that were there were pretty small in general and not really shapes like the killing machine type sharks I think I'm talking about like great white sharks Um, they had a lot of fins and they swam around our boat in anticipation of sardines that the guides usually bring out for them our guide leaped immediately into the water 
and picked up a shark. The first one managed to leap out of his arms, but the second one he held quite tight and brought it over at the boat for us to look at. Its skin was rough like I expected, but also I expected its body to be hard and it was surprisingly squishy. The rays too were gliding around the boat and some came to the surface to eat, their eyes staring weirdly from the tops of their flat bodies. People started to plunge in and I got in fairly quickly too, not wanting to be the last one. Most of the sharks disappeared once more people got in the water, but the rays stayed around and brushed past our legs as we stood in the shallow water. Unlike the sharks, they felt very smooth and slimy to the touch. A couple on the boat had given us an underwater camera as a present on learning that it was my first snorkeling experience and they had a spare one. So we snapped away at the rays and each other. I got pretty cold and tired, so I was among the first to get back into the boat. The others reported occasional sharks, but mostly they stayed away from the swimmers. Finally, we set out for our final destination, another area of coral reef. Here we saw a porcupine fish, a big cute looking fish with big eyes and big white lips that was hiding in a cave. The fish there were quite large and nice colours, the best colour being the glowing ultraviolet. I've always been a huge fan of blue, those bright blue tropical fish that you see. By the time I dragged myself back onto the boat, I was shattered and very glad that we'd only paid for a half-day trip. The rest of our time on Key Corker was spent mainly hanging around the hostel, having our communal dinners cooked by Charles and watching movies on TV. One night we sat through the whole Oscar ceremony, which I'd had no idea was going on until I saw it on the TV. Um, one detail I remember, which I don't think I've written about here, I remember Charles sending me on a, a shopping trip to the local grocery shop to get some ingredients for that night's meal. And he asked me to get see if I could get cilantro, which in the UK we call coriander. And I remember by the time I got to the shop, I'd forgotten what he called it. <laughs> so I was just in the shop, like I couldn't see any. And I was going up to the guy in the shop thinking, what do I call this? Because I can't remember the word. And I don't know if they know the word coriander. In the end, I'm, I kind of remembered cilantro and he didn't have any anyway. The Belize prices had started to take their toll and we decided to head straight to Guatemala. <laughs> instead of stopping off in San Ignacio like we'd intended. Martin decided to come with us straight to Flores, so after six relaxing days, we were up at dawn for the boat back to Belize City. At the boat terminal, we managed to get fairly reasonably priced tickets for a bus direct to Flores. Okay, I think I'm going to stop this episode here. It seems like a good place to end. Um, in the next episode, I'll be visiting the archaeological site of Tikal, um, so thank you very much for listening to this. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and um, tune in next time to find out about TCAL. Bye.